Welcome to Strange and Creepy, a podcast about strange and creepy experiences, mysteries, and the unexplained. I'm your host, Celinda Hart. The neighborhood was shaded by the many oak trees that lined the old brick homes on the street. Except for the occasional laughter of kids playing outside, my house was quiet. Things seemed to be conveniently close to my home, including the elementary school where I taught, located only a few blocks away. Eddie, an only child and one of my former students, lived further down Greenville Avenue. Once he discovered where I lived, he'd walk to my house frequently to play with my kids, especially on weekends. One Saturday, Eddie came over for a visit. I told him my children were out with their father running errands, so they probably would be gone for a while. He looked a little disappointed, but I let him inside and he chose to hang around, hoping they would return soon to play with him. He followed me down the hallway as I picked up after my children and began straightening their rooms. Eddie trotted at my heels as I collected laundry and toys from the floor. I walked into my bedroom, dropped the clothes in a hamper, and reached for my hairbrush sitting on the antique dresser. I offered to take Eddie to the lake to feed the ducks after I finished my chores, and his eyes lit up. I knew his mother was still working and wouldn't get home for a few more hours. As I brushed my hair, I couldn't help but notice Eddie kept looking behind me when I spoke. He got very quiet as his eyes looked away as if he was watching something, and then he would redirect his eye contact with me. He did this a number of times. I didn't think too much about it at the time. I mean, his behavior was of a normal 10-year-old, perhaps a bit restless because he wanted to play with someone that Saturday morning. It was a beautiful afternoon when we drove to Botman Lake later that day. My children had not returned with their father, but Eddie was no longer bored. Families were scattered throughout the park and children played tag as parents cooked on the grills. I had bought some fried chicken on the way. Eddie and I settled at a nearby picnic table overlooking the lake. He seemed to be distracted and unusually quiet, not like his usual self. Finally, he spoke up. Miss, can I tell you something? His eyes looked serious as the small wrinkle at the bridge of his nose made a frown on his forehead. He had a worried look on his young face. Sure, what is it, Eddie? He remained silent for a few seconds as if he had a secret, and he wasn't sure whether to reveal it or not. Remember, miss, when you were in your bedroom brushing your hair? Well, there was someone right behind you. What? It, it was a little boy? I saw a little boy, uh, maybe around four or five years old. He was kneeling on the floor, playing. He was playing? What, what, what was he playing? I asked, trying to remain cool, 
and not to show too much concern. He was stacking toy blocks on top of each other. They looked like they were old wooden blocks with letters. I asked Eddie to describe the little boy. He went into detail about the color of his red jumper with suspenders, a haircut of straight blondish hair with bangs. Uh, Eddie, did he look at you? Did he look at me? Eddie shook his head. No, he just kept playing with his wooden blocks. He didn't seem to notice us. I could see him for several seconds, maybe a minute. And then he faded and disappeared. I had not told anyone that my daughter Karen had seen a little boy ghost sleeping in Jimmy's bunk bed just a few months earlier. But Eddie's details seemed to fit the description of the little boy that had frightened Karen back in September, the night of Jimmy's birthday. After our spontaneous picnic, I took him home, and Eddie never brought up the strange incident again. The ensuing months were uneventful, and Eddie's paranormal account became a distant memory. His experience was something I pushed to the back of my mind. As the school year came to a close, I invited my students to dinner at a local restaurant. It was a Friday, and the promise of dinner together with their teacher was all my students talked about on the last day of school. It was a neighborhood restaurant and a wonderful way to celebrate the end of a successful year with my third grade students and to wish them well in fourth grade. There were pinball machines and games at the back of the family restaurant already occupied by children when we arrived. It was a fun evening, and students hugged me goodbye before getting picked up by their parents. I didn't want any of my students to miss out on their goodbye celebration, so for the three remaining students whose parents were still working, I promised to drive them home. It was getting late. So I gathered my girls into my white minivan, and before too long, we were on the road, when Bibiana and Maria asked if I lived close by. <laughs> well, why, yes. I live just a few blocks from here. My home was not far from the restaurant on another street, and of course, they chimed together. Can we see your house? Oh, girls, it's getting late. By now, your parents will be waiting for you at home. Please, 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 they begged. I drove them to my brick corner house and pointed from the car. Okay, girls, now you've seen it. That's where your teacher lives. Oh, please, can we go inside just for a little while, please? I was reluctant, but I shut off the engine to take them inside. But I remembered some of the strange things that had occurred in the past few months. But after a few minutes, I convinced myself that it would be all right. And I made the girls promise they could come in for only a few minutes because it was, after all, getting late. Their parents would get worried. Well, their insurmountable curiosity of seeing the inside of their teacher's home was amusing. 
and they jostled inside, almost running into each other as they talked all at once. I had left the front porch light on, and the lamps inside illuminated the front room, giving it a cozy, warm feeling. The girls looked around the dining room and kitchen and asked questions. Where do you sleep? Norma asked excitedly. Well, we have to go through the hallway. My bedroom's on the left. My children sleep in the bedroom on the right. <laughs> the dark painted hallway connected the two bedrooms, and the small restroom was between them. I asked them if any of them needed to use the restroom before we left. As we stood for a few seconds in the middle of the hallway, Bibiana's eyes suddenly got very big. Then she looked at me with her almond brown eyes and dark lashes, without blinking, and squeezed my arm. Oh no, something had frightened her. What's wrong, Bibiana? The other students had made their way to my children's bunk beds. Norma, the tallest one, sat on the top bunk laughing with Maria. Bibiana remained quiet, holding on to me, tightening her grip in the dark blue hallway. After a few minutes, we walked back to the living room when I noticed tears in Bibiana's eyes. Oh my gosh, she could hardly speak. But between short breaths, she, I could tell she was panic-stricken. What's wrong? She stared at me for a few seconds. I led her to the sofa where she sat still holding on to my left arm. Bibiana, are you okay? What's the matter? I could tell she was upset. And after some prodding, she stared at me and finally spoke up. Someone, someone whispered in my ear. What? What are you talking about? Someone, a child, whispered in my ear. She pointed to her right ear as tears streamed down her cheeks. He said, help me. He said, help me. I hugged her, patted her back, and I tried desperately to convince her it was probably one of the other girls who had whispered to her when we were standing in the hallway. No, it wasn't one of them. It was a, a boy, I think. He said, help me. By this time, the other students had returned from my children's room and came into the living room where Bibiana and I were still sitting. They caught the tail end of our conversation and looked at each other confused. I, <laughs> I told them not to worry and I made light of the experience. I quickly changed the conversation. I didn't, I didn't want Bibiana's fear to spread to the rest of them. I cracked a couple of jokes and the girls laughed and they were happy to be sitting in my living room with their teacher. Everyone resumed their initial excitement, except for Bibiana. I could tell she was visibly shaken. She remained sitting close to me, not letting go of my hand, even for a few seconds. She was afraid, and I didn't know how to explain it away except to keep telling her everything was going to be okay. Oh my goodness, I felt terribly guilty. Why had I brought them to my house? This was not part of the plan. I prayed Bibiana would not remember the incident for too long. And I wondered 
if she had encountered the same ghostly child my own daughter had seen back in September in her brother's bunk bed. Was it the same boy that Eddie saw playing with wooden blocks in my bedroom? Who was this child? Who was he? Why did he beg for help? Help me, he said. My head was swimming with disturbing thoughts. The idea of living in a haunted house was not one I wanted to admit to myself. I quickly led the girls to the car and changed the subject on the way home as we talked about summer vacation. They chattered about their family plans, ice cream, popsicles, and future visits to the local swimming pool. The car ride home was fairly normal, and I was relieved that Bibiana eventually participated in the conversation with the rest of the girls. Despite the light-hearted talk, it was clear to me that my young student had been affected by someone or something strange at my house. That night, as I lay in bed, I replayed the strange events from earlier that evening. I tried to come up with an explanation at what had happened, and I tried to understand the incidents over the last few months, but I couldn't. I couldn't explain any of it, and my mind was restless. Nothing made any sense. It must have taken me about an hour to finally begin to get sleepy. I pulled the covers up to my neck. Sometime in the middle of the night, I felt my son's small hands on my back, trying to embrace me. He was cold, and he was trying to get warm. I smiled at the comfort of my young child cuddling next to me. Then I suddenly remembered. Both my children were spending the night at their father's house. There was no one at home but me. I quickly turned the lamp on, almost knocking it over to look to see who was next to me. My heart beat so hard, I pulled the covers down. There was no one there. But the indention on the sheets revealed an imprint of a small child who had only moments before snuggled next to me. You've been listening to Strange and Creepy. I'm your host, Celinda Hart. This account is part of a collection from the book True Ghost Stories by Celinda Hart, available on Amazon. If you would like to share a strange or creepy experience, send me an email at Celinda Hart at gmail.com. Until next time. <laughs>